I'm sat here with a notebook in front of me, which I never do for Dice Funk. I'm making notes. I never do notes. But this this season, I've got to I've got to be aware of what's going on. I have to I got to take this seriously. I have a little open office uh, file opened uh, to remind me of things that are not on my uh, character sheet. So yeah, same. If you hear any clicking clacking, I assure you it's that. I'm not checking my email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm just here to write down like any name of anything is now important, and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm gonna know names of everything. This would be the season where I know what things are called. Same. I intend to forget more about this season than I learn. Okay. So that's gonna be my strategy going in. <laughs> Nothing will be retained, and I'll actually leave the season having known less about it. I. I like I like the idea of coming in like that because like as I'm DMing half this season, what if I just like deliberately make an effort not to remember what things are called and then give them entirely new names for the other half of the season <laughs> just to really throw a spanner in the works? That would be <laughs> radical. <laughs> that would be art. Yorski, this is Dice Funk, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition podcast. Uh, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons, which is a game where I am the narrator, and all the minor characters or NPCs and the other voices you hear are going to be the protagonists or player characters, PCs. And we're going to go around and introduce ourselves before we start playing. But as far as the game goes, we try to make it very intuitive. Basically, we're going to roll some dice now and then to decide how things work out on a scale of 1 to 20, 20 being a crit, 1 being a botch. Those are the best and worst you can do, respectively. And everything else is on a spectrum between there. It'll it'll make sense. I think everyone has gotten a lot more D&D literate uh, over the eight years we've been doing this. I feel like when I started, I was like, I have to explain what this is. No one knows. And now everyone's like, yeah, dog, I, I know. I watch Stranger Things, dude. I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... It's possible to go above that 20, but generally, like, a, a thing's gonna be said. It's gonna be, like, perception. You can probably, as a listener, work out, cool, on a scale of 1 to 20, how well did they perceive? Like, we'll tell you what we're doing, and then a number will say if we did it good. Absolutely. So, once again, that's me, Austin Yorski, the voice you're currently hearing, Austin Yorski on Twitter, Austin Yorski on Patreon, Austin Yorski on Letterboxd, which I just got one. That's my new social media thing. Who knows what we're gonna have in the future. Um, it's Austin Yorski everywhere, very easy to find. Who else is here with me? I'm here, and my name is Quinn. Uh, she, they. Uh, you can find me doing a manga podcast over at weekly uh, youtube.com slash weekly manga recap and weekly manga recap.podbean.com. Uh, and I guess you can find me on Twitter still. I, I rarely post. Uh, you can find me also. I think I made an account for Hive. And somewhere in the grand uh, depths of Mastodon, I have an account that made one post on and then I lost my account details <laughs> and I don't know how to get back. So, yeah, find me there. Uh, follow me specifically there. That's how I know you're a real fan. 
Yeah, you know you're in good hands. Quinn's first announcements are, I'm going to forget everything about this show as it happens, and I don't know how to log into my own email. <laughs> so you I know. can get into my email. Mastodon's a little complicated, all right? There's a lot of little doodads and knobs, widgets. You gotta remember what, what federated server you're on. I can't. I have, I'm like, I, I assume I would have picked a cool one, but at the time, who knows what past Quinn thought was funny and might have joined. <laughs> See, I remember mine. I'm, t- I'm on tech.lgbt. Those are some things I can remember. <laughs> All right. That's a great place to start, Laura. You're effort posting this season, so let us know how we can find you. Uh, I, I'm Laura. Uh, she, her pronouns. Uh, you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, Mastodon is Laura K. Buzz at tech.lgbt. Uh, if there's a place where you can have a username, I'm probably Laura K. Buzz there. Um, I review video games. Uh, largely I make videos about making video games more accessible to disabled players. Go check those out on YouTube. That's what I do. And I'm 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 here playing the game, but I'm also gonna be DMing part of this season, so look out for that in episodes that aren't this one. Okay. Uh I guess it's my turn. Uh somehow Leon returned. Uh hi everyone. Uh I'm Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I host a show called Renegade Cut is on YouTube. Very easy to find by typing those words into it. Uh it's mostly about leftist politics. You can find me on Twitter at Renegade Cut. Um, I used to be on this show in seasons one, two, and a very small part of three. Uh, I, I I am back uh, and and better than ever. Nah, just just back. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll see. Your work will speak for you. Yeah. I, this is the first time I think we've been on an episode together because I I tagged in just as you were leaving. So I'm like, yeah. I, I'm, it's it's good to know that it wasn't a case of like, oh no no, Laura's turned up. Got got to get out of here before Laura does. <laughs> <laughs> This reunion was foretold in the scrolls. I've seen yeah. it in the ancient hieroglyphics to you two touching hands from across the void of space. Yep. That <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else we have to what are What are the introductory things we have to do? It's been a while since I started a season. I guess our, our characters or I don't know. It's been, it's been a while. It's been even longer since I've done this. Yeah. Do you, do you want to give us a sense of like the little, oh, here's the spiel of what the season is, and then we tell it, people who our characters are so that we can put the, the person with the character? Absolutely. So uh, as many longtime listeners will know, we are back in space this season. Uh, season 10 is going to be set in the Far Realm, is which was what it's called, the home of Illithids, a.k.a. Mind Flayers. Uh, this is like the deepest, darkest reaches of space far away from everything you you know would be traditionally familiar with in a Dungeons and Dragons setting. We are relying a lot on the Spelljammer supplement to D and D, which is a you know space based product. But we're also going to do a lot of our own stuff. You don't need to know anything about any previous seasons or any established lore. Uh, we will let you know when things are important. And also, the game has a mechanic called rolling history to know things. So uh, many players on the show have never listened to the show before, so it has to work that way. Yeah, it, it, if there's anything that like is relevant, it'll come up. We're not going to expect you to be like, ha ha ha, I checked the TV tropes page. I, I, oh, <laughs> I know what that's about. Okay. People love to do that. They love to check the TV tropes page. I mean, the TV tropes page is pretty fun, but it's not required reading for, you can just, it's a standalone little story. You can jump in right here. 
Uh, so mind flayers are going to be a premier concern this season. Uh, they are kind of one of the iconic Dungeons and Dragons uh, villains. Uh, but in our world, uh, they're right now going through a period of incredible like change. I compared this in the pre-production to like the Klingons in Star Trek, how they were like just kind of one-dimensional villains to start off with. But as this, you know, series continues, uh, more of them come integrated into the larger, you know, galactic community. And right now, uh, you all are on a diplomatic mission into the far realm to kind of, uh, you know, build bridges <laughs> with the Illithid community to bring them the technology to uh, create bodies without killing people. I think the the most iconic thing about Mind Flayers is they, you know, they put their tadpole in your eye and then they eat your brain and turn into adult mind flares. That's like their whole life cycle. It's a big, uh, you know, uh, xenomorph esque uh, body horror thing. But in the, yeah, we've had a few of the, a few of them pop up in previous seasons. Their whole thing is like, I've, I've got tentacles all over me. And oh, they're squid boys. Yeah, they're they're space they're 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 magic space squids that burrow into your brain and become a little hybrid person, and that's how they grow. Okay. They, they like telepathy, and they got a big brain they chat to sometimes. All right. And we want to make peace with them. <laughs> Leon, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better for them to be our friends than our enemies, considering all the tentacles. and The, the options we have are a world in which they continue to reproduce by burrowing into our brains, or one where we find like a peaceful coexistence without them burrowing into our brains. I know which one seems more chill to me. <laughs> Oh man, it'd be so funny if the first time you see one though, you're like, monster, and just start shooting. <laughs> Fuck off, you Cthulhu looking motherfuckers. I'm just gonna crush you. So Austin, we're in we're in space trying to trying to make make diplomatic relations with some some mind flayers. Yes, yeah, so you're all aboard this giant generation ship. It is big enough that you can take on uh illithids like fleeing. Uh, from cultures who do not want uh, to make friends. Uh, this, And you can also drop off people into friendly societies if they want to be there. So it has like a fully, uh, you know, stocked kind of living situation. Uh, this is the the main home of this season, especially for these characters. Uh, your, your party is what we're calling the home team. You all live here on the ship and you're going to stay here on the ship. Mm -hmm. So that's the... That's who we're being introduced to right now is the home team of season 10. Uh, so anybody wants to uh, introduce your character and, uh, you know, give us give us a, a peek inside of their character sheet. Now would be a great time. Sure. Uh, so my character's name is St. Cecilia, uh, nicknamed CC, she, they. They are vampire. I'm not going to bury the lead. There's no hidden twist halfway through the season. Uh, <laughs> I am a rogue. Uh, but don't think of me as, like, sneaky and, like, murdery. Just, like, hey, everyone needs some form of self-defense, and mine is maybe get underneath somebody and stab them in the armpit a couple times, you know? Whatever whatever weak point they have. Uh, she is the communicator for the team, or, yeah, communications, that's what it is. Uh, and... Like me, they have ADHD, so if I stop and seem confused by the situation, just understand that's all in character, and I don't <laughs> know why I walked into that room either. Uh, but yeah, she is uh, deeply interested in space and exploring, uh, but you know, maybe doesn't have much uh, motivation beyond that right now, because uh, she's lived a very long time, and maybe it's hard to find things that motivate you at this point. I don't know. 
So vampire is normally a monster in Dungeons and Dragons. You're using a specific kind of race option is what it's called. Where'd that come from? What's that all about? Uh, yeah, so there's uh, quite a few different variations of vampire classes that you can find throughout all of uh, D&D and its extended properties. But this one is specifically a reflavored version of a Magic the Gathering uh, release where they basically synergize their brands to say, hey, there are vampires in Magic the Gathering. Let's make it so you can play those uh, types of vampires in uh your D game as well so i decided to take one of those i believe it was zendikar vampires but uh, the type doesn't matter they're all relatively the same except for the one place where they're horrible monsters but i'm not that kind yeah if you were a tarkir vampire that'd be sick you have like a proboscis yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not that kind this is this is fancy over the top vampire like i don't know what a regulation uniform is for this uh this <laughs> A company we work for uh but if if, if we're allowed a little flair i have a, a very large cape just always just imagine that <laughs> yeah that's something we should talk about is how military do we want to be because star trek is an obvious influence but that has a very rigid hierarchy and usually in role-playing games you don't want someone like giving you orders right you want to have agency over your character to a larger extent so i'm fine with this being just kind of an like an NGO or something where you don't you don't have people like saluting and stuff if, if that's what you all want to do. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, also, uh, my uncle is Strahd. Uh, Got to get that in there. It was on my character sheet. Austin never said no, so it's canon. Uh, I did. Say, I did see that. <laughs> it wasn't worth fighting you. Your uncle's who? Uh, uh, uncle Strahd. Count Strahd is like uh, the big vampire uh, antagonist of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Oh. He's has like his entire own separate shadow realm and it's it's a whole elaborate thing and I just thought it'd be funny if I'm just casually related to him. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm definitely on board with the slightly less military uh, than, than Star Trek setup. Even though it does sort of take away our opportunity to like slam a badge down on a table and be like, you can't fire me, I quit. You know, we lose a little bit of that, but I think it's probably a worthwhile trade off. <laughs> uh, so St. Cecilia the Vampire Rogue, did you say rogue? Yes, Do, uh, I guess I should also note right now, because the big question people might have is like, well, wait, don't vampires need to feed upon the living? And uh, no, not in, in this current area, uh, because uh, a synthetic substitute has been invented. But I, I think we'll get into that more later. But just so you know, there's no fear about necessarily having a vampire amongst you. Yes, yeah, synthetic food alternatives is a big motif of the season because yeah you can you can drink this you know uh, lab grown blood and you the whole point of you being here is to spread the technology to the illithids uh basically to give them uh bodies that they can take over without killing anyone so just like lab grown uh bodies that they can put their tadpoles into and you know lab grown brain they can eat instead of living people brain so that is one of that's like it's just an important recurring idea is uh using technology to conquer the uh, the, the obstacles that make normal D&D such a, a terrifying bloodbath. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in and tell you about my character now. Why not? Uh, this season, I'm going to be playing Trizzy, who is a goblin artificer. Um, the way I pitched this character to Austin was, uh, in quotes, 
oily chaos gremlin. Um, she lives in the walls. She is just a mechanic that scurries around in the walls. She is uh, a perfectionist when it comes to doing her work and keeping the ship running. Um, uh, the the way I tried to describe her was that she's been a little too close to an unshielded warp core a couple too many times. Um, she is very, very perfectionist, not very good at delegating. She just she's just gotta keep gotta keep her good ship running. That's that's her pride and joy. She's gonna keep it just how it needs to be. Alright, Goblin Artificer. Artificer, one of the uh later additions as far as classes go. Um you're all at level three, which means you know you you can Indeed. defend yourselves, but you're not stone cold badasses. Um if if we have Saint Cecilia out here stabbing people with a little sword, uh what kind of stuff do you have combat wise as a level three artificer? Well, a level th- as a level three artificer, I get to pick what kind of artificer I'm gonna be. I'm the kind that has armor. I got a cool, I got a cool little mech suit. Um, it is the infiltrator armor, which basically makes me very good at like bouncing around the place. The way I have built my goblin is a little bit ridiculous. The infiltrator armor lets me have um, advantage on stealth checks. But having heavy armor would make me have disadvantage on stealth checks. Mm. So put them both together. I have normal stealth checks and really strong heavy armor and no disadvantage for that. So I got my my cool little armor and I can fire all sorts of cool blasts off my arms. Awesome. Uh, Do you have a uh, background or alignment you want to share at this point? I also don't think we got an alignment for our vampire friend. Uh, chaotic good uh, is is uh, Trizzy's alignment, and background is a reflavored shipwright. Um, if you look at the shipwright background, I basically took all of the things from that, and where it said an ocean vessel, I said a space vessel, and now that that works. So I, if if the ship takes heavy damage, I can scurry around fixing it. I am uh, Saint Cecilia is a neutral good character. Sorry. So Cecilia is kind of like, you know, desperately seeking uh, purpose and direction in life. You said you've lived for a long time and you're just trying to get out there and see stuff. Uh, We have Trizzy, who is a greasy little mechanic who loves the engine. What is your specific relationship with the ship? Because I think this is important. You have gone halfway to the end of all creation for this. Yeah. So uh, I don't know know how much I'm going to go into this this early on, but... uh... Trizzy has a relationship with this ship specifically. Um, she was involved in its initial construction, and events went down, and now when this ship goes on red alert, Trizzy is very aware of that happening, no matter where she happens to be. And the result is... Well, look, I don't know exactly what's going on between me and this ship, but I need to be here so I can hear if something's going down, and I've got to keep it safe and protected, because I am a little interconnected with it, and I don't know what's going to happen if this ship has a very bad time. I don't know what that's going to do to me, Uh so I'm going to keep it very safe. (laughs) All right. Uh, I I guess it's my turn. Uh, Okay, I am playing a duck. And my duck is named Bill <laughs> Webb with two Bs. Uh, Bill is an urchin, a uh, ranger, 
uh, but does not use magic because uh, Bill is very upset with magic because Bill used to be a regular duck and then a wizard cursed Bill with relatively human intel intelligence. And Bill does not like that at all. Uh, I believe Bill is part of this uh, Starfleet analog to pass the time uh, because uh, he needs to keep himself busy so that the uh, crushing weight of, ex of his new existence does not bother him too much. Also, being in space might get him closer to finding that wizard again and reversing the curse, and that's who I'm playing. So you are a ranger. Uh, you, like you said, you're not using any ranger magic. You also have taken some interesting, uh, let's say, uh, non-efficient uh, uh, choices in leveling up. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So if you took duck language, despite the fact you're probably not going to meet any other ducks in space. Right. Well, you never know, Austin. You know, we, we, don't, we don't know that. The, this, the universe is huge. For example, I wanted to give you a alternate uh, favored terrain because as a ranger, there's a kind of terrain you work best in. I said, oh, we yeah. can give you ships. So you could be, you know, that could be your whole thing. And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm a duck. I don't know anything about ships. <laughs> right. There is, there is a, I, I do have a city secrets and the ship is my city. So I can go super fast in the, in the ship. Uh, so there's that. You get but, a little yeah. waddle bonus. Yeah, I like the yeah. idea. This duck just waddles through like cracks and corridors in the ship, and that's that's how you flavor I'm, it. I'm nearly certain this duck can fly, but all right. Uh, I mean, I was picturing it just as like I know where the turns are. I can really, really get my waddle on. Yep, there's all the ins and outs. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that if you wanted to get away from magic because you hate it, uh, in Illithid society, magic is strongly disfavored. Uh, you basically get kicked out of your hive mind for practicing magic uh, because they favor uh, psionics. It's like a whole cultural thing with them. And uh, oh, okay, m mind flare. Well, culture. we'll get along great. <laughs> Mind flare culture is going to be at the center of this uh, season because it's the whole thing you're here for. It's the whole thing you're dealing with. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of time to talk about that. Okie dokie. Uh, by the way, uh, for uh, p the people who listen to the show and need to uh, r write these things down, uh, the name of the wizard is just one word, and his name is Bonbabibi Biblioboo. And that is... <laughs> That is spelled B-O-N-B-A-B-B-A-B-E-E-B-I-B-L-I-O-B-O-O. -O -O. You've done a great job of search engine optimization then. No other results are going to be competing too much. No. Leon did not run that by me. No. <laughs> that one, it's more fun this way. Yeah, you snuck up with that one held behind your back. Yeah. By the by, by the way, I, I scrolled up in the, the Discord chat. I now know exactly what we're doing. It took me like two minutes. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Uh, yeah, the kind of ranger you are is the um, the, the basic one in the player's handbook. It's funny you uh, you get it a couple of different ways you can attack, and I thought you would mm -hmm. you would prefer the one where I think you attack someone bigger than you because you're a small duck. That made sense. And you're like, no, yeah. I want the one if I'm outnumbered, I go ape shit, which is called a horde. Yeah, breaker. horde breaker. Yeah, I'm into that. I think I think that's cool. I'm into it. Uh, and uh, I think Bill is some sort of like security officer anyway. So he's used to like dealing with that kind of thing. I don't know. He has a knife, which yeah, I, I guess he just carries in his mouth. I, I do love the mental image of like someone trying to start trouble and security duck in like a, like a vest comes out, just 
big wings trying to be as scary as possible. Like, I am imposing. Do not yeah. back off. <laughs> yeah. Just And uh, just, just to clarify, uh, no, I will not be doing some kind of duck voice. Uh, I just can't. I refuse. Uh, it, Bill is going to sound exactly like me. Is the opening image, yeah, two aliens on the ship uh, getting into a little tussle. Like, would you say, buddy? Yeah, like, would you say that to my face? And then we just see a little duck <laughs> walled into the room with a huge butcher knife. <laughs> just yeah. in this oh beak. And the, two, and the two aliens back down. They're like, oh, never mind, man. It's, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I'm looking forward to the fan art. Yeah, they're going to love Bill Webb. People have been uh, anticipating this for almost a decade at this point. I think it's the first time you said the words Bill Webb into a microphone. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Um, True Neutral, you said, Urchin, Ranger, Duck. I think that's the whole thing. Those are the characters. So That's the whole kit and caboodle. All right, St. Cecilia, Vampire Rogue, Trizzy, Goblin, Artificer, Bill Webb. Duck Ranger. Uh, so, yeah, paint me a picture of where you all on the ship. I think we, I know, you, Bill Webb, you can expand on that idea if you want. But, like, what does your daily uh, routine look like on this ship? It's not as, like, clean and, um, you know, futuristic as, like, something like Star Trek that has a very, like, spotless kind of aesthetic. I'm imagining a little dingier. Like, this being sent all the way out here isn't, like, a glamorous kind of thing. This isn't where like the best, the best and the brightest end up. You know, this is kind of a a, a dangerous, uh, unglamorous undertaking here. Mm, I uh, well, I guess uh, Bill would often be at the security. I, I guess I'm just inventing parts of the ship now. Mm -hmm. The security desk. Let's say that there's a desk uh, called the security desk, and it says. Um, do you have a problem <laughs> on it? <laughs> but is it, is it like big colorful letters, like a weird silly font or something, but it feels like no, really it, aggressive. No, no it's, it, it's, it's meant to look very aggressive. Oh, okay. uh, it, it, it's meant, it's meant to, it's meant to keep people away from bill. Oh, oh my God. Do you have like little angry eyebrows drawn onto it? <laughs> like that's why people knows it's mad. Yeah, Bill. Bill is very cute and does not uh, reflect that in personality. Bill is just kind of melancholy. Uh, I th I think like day to day, uh, Trizzy can be found in a there is there's a room somewhere down in the in the bowels of the ship that is uh, it's just a hammock strung up between some like very exposed uh, copper piping. Uh, and there is a little box next to it that just says repair requests. Um, the unspoken rule is you don't actually you don't wake Trizzy to say there is a problem. You just you just put the thing in there and it'll it'll get done. It'll get done. Uh, and there is just a bank of various flickering lights nearby. If something starts starts flashing, off into the walls. It's time to scurry. <laughs> I do like the idea of you putting the the help needed box at the end of a corridor of like unshielded copper pipes near like a warp reactor. Someone has to do the Metal Gear Solid uh, microwave hallway to ask for something from you. And, and look, here's the thing: like Trizzy's gonna know there's a problem before anyone else on the ship knows there's a problem. Like the 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 repair request box is a formality. If you have a genuine problem, you'll come down here and deliver it. Otherwise, by the time you get down, I've seen the light flicker. I'm, I'm already off. Like on, only like the weird, obscure stuff I wouldn't have thought to look for. That's that's the shit that you come tell me about. 
Uh oh. Leon's rolling. Testing. I'm a doctor. Oh, it was a. It was I, just, a I just went in. I just went in. I, I, I haven't used this in like six well, years. Le- Leon, so you I rolled a seventeen, to... which I, I think means you are definitely a duck. That is correct. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it as a duck. What if you had uh, botched? What would you have been? Yeah. Oh man, I'm a goose now. Uh, I like to think that Saint Cecilia spends a lot of time. Uh, I would like to think that St. Cecilia spends most of their time uh, on sort of, I guess, whatever the equivalent of the bridge is, uh, handling work there, because that's sort of the most interesting thing to her. Uh, But when it is not that time, I don't know if we have like a bar equivalent on this ship, but I'm going to say we do. Because you can't change it after I say it. Oh yeah, we've got to have like a knockoff quarks or something. Yeah. We've got to have the, we've got to have the weird bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead of an uber capitalist, can I have like an uber uh, communist at the head of it <laughs> who doesn't charge oh, wow. for anything? I love it. Absolutely. Okay. Mm. Okay. I already have the bartender. His name's Andre. He's an incubus. Hell yeah, I love it. Uh, I spend a lot of time there because uh, I, Saint Cecilia is a bit of a social butterfly outside of her uh, time working. Uh, what was the bartender's name? Did you say sorry? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Laura! I love you taking notes. This is so awesome. This is going to be the season where everyone pays attention. I'm I'm horny for it. Look, I'm 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 making notes purely because I need like some kind of consistency for when I start throwing names out. I got I got to know who's who. Absolutely. Uh, Andre is the name of the incubus. So yeah, he is going to be at the at the bar, St. Cecilia, you're sitting there sipping a, a, a blood cocktail of some sort. Um, when you get a psychic message, in fact, all three of you do at the same time, uh, from the captain. Uh-oh. You said, uh-oh, Leon? <laughs> no, right away. No, sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's good. I want you to respond. That's that's a great uh, character yeah. Uh, building thing. So what is we? No, that was that was all that was all Leon, not Bill. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Does Bill ha- uh, does Bill Webb have a reaction? Or you're like, oh gosh, I have to do stuff. Do I have to do stuff? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, what is what is the message first? Yeah. So all of you get this same kind of like tingling sensation of you all being like hooked into the hive mind because the captain of the ship is an elder brain. I will put a picture of the elder brain. Into the, the the roll twenty for all saw to look at. I don't think I've set up this season. We are using roll twenty to roll dice, and it's also where I put pictures so we know who's in the combat order. Uh, but true to its name, oh look at that little guy! An elder brain is literally a giant brain. You know, uh, twenty feet tall. Sometimes uh, it, it is in in the command center of the ship, floating in a large vat of like some kind of uh, brain fluid. Uh, just like green uh, goo all around the brain. Uh, and if you go onto the bridge of the ship, you'll just see the captain there floating. Um, I think I said this to you off mic, uh, Quinn, and you said Zordon. <laughs> yes, I want this character is Zordon. He's in a big tube and he gives us, his Power Rangers, his missions. <laughs> what What is our, our brain captain's name? Uh, this is Captain Dumil. D-U-M-I-L-E. Um, Got it. So elder brains are the last part of the life cycle of an illithid. Uh, So there's the little tadpole, the human squid Cthulhu face, and then the big brain. Uh, That's like the full uh, larva 
pupa butterfly of these aliens. Um, but elder brain's main function is that they psionically link an entire hive mind together so that the illithids can act as one, uh, which you all can do on the ship is a way to like talk to each other, but it's completely optional. Um, part of the you know cultural ex exchange going on here is where normally mind flayers are very coercive in their their brain stuff. Uh, here, this is like uh, basically a radio, and you can all do it when you want to. So you can you can turn off Dumil if you don't want <laughs> to listen to him, but he uh, he talks to all of you and says, "Attention, bridge team. There's an there's a problem with our uh, satellite dishes. Can I get you to go and check?" Uh, yes, but only if you really channel Brian Cranston playing Zordon in the <laughs> remake movie yeah. energy, where he was really angry all the time. Uh, Austin, I have one world-building question for you. Um, if we, like, mentally hang up on Demille, does Demille know that we've done it? Like, can that be a dramatic, <laughs> like, oh, no, I'm done with this, slam down the hive mind connection? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You'd okay. be hanging up the line, and he would know. <laughs> so that's that's on the table. Uh, okay, then. So so we can we uh, respond in like uh, telepathy as well, or is it just one way? It is two ways. Yeah. Once you are connected to the hive mind, everyone is in the same chat together, essentially. Okay. Oh God, cool. this okay. is our uh, Slack. <laughs> all right. Bill Bill says, "Well, I guess being over there is just as good as being here." So. Uh, do, Fine, I agree to follow your orders. Uh, do we know if it's an internal or external fault? Uh, Captain Demille, I've decided first name Slack. <laughs> Captain Slack Demille <laughs> <laughs> says, It appears that the dish is on the outside of the Azubian. Please check it manually. Right. I guess we need like a spacesuit. That's a great question. So the way that uh, space works in Spelljammer is that there is a spell which lets you breathe air, uh, breathe in space for a short time. So if you are vented or airlocked into the inky blackness, you do not die immediately. Uh, it, you will survive for a moment. Basically, everyone's um, you know clothing is equipped with that spell for a, a period. Eventually, the spell will run out and you will asphyxiate. But you can make a short space walk, no problem. Oh, wonderful. Okay. In that in that case, I uh I I go to the problem. Yeah, let's go. Go 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 yeah, go. Let's go, do go, it. go. Go. <laughs> Cecilia, you get up from the bar. Um you know, if you finish your drink and start walking, Bill Webb, you do plap 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 with your little feet uh, away from the mm -hmm. security desk, and Trizzy, you just jump into a vent <laughs> and disappear. Uh eventually you all meet up in the hangar bay. I will say this is a cavernous room. It's huge. Uh, the I, I, yep. I want to say Tri Trizzy has been there considerably before either of the other two, and is just like <laughs> like bouncing, ready to go. Yeah, you took a secret vent that got you there very quickly, but and then uh, you turn around and somehow Bill Webb is just there because of the secret city secrets background. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, like yeah. I, I I like to think that like Trizzy has fully given um, Bill. 100% permission to just go through the vents like yeah as look as long as you're not messing anything up small folk got to stick together I know I know all those city secrets yeah can't can't mess anything up yeah. uh when everyone arrives bill says i don't know why this is a security matter but i am here yes i am not sure why i am here either but you know it's a good time we get to do a spacewalk and that's always pretty cool 
Okay. I mean, if it's if 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 it's the uh, the satellites that have gone down, then then any kind of ship could be coming. And we'd have no idea about it. That seems like a security concern to me. I feel like probably mm. right, little bit. Maybe everything is a security concern. Exactly. On the grand scheme of things, safety is security, and everything is safety. Mm. Bill sighs deeply and says, "Okay." Uh, Captain Dumil is still in the chat and says. It's protocol that the engineer must be accompanied by a security escort and a communications officer to uh, alleviate any potential conflicts with alien species. Though it all makes sense now, thank you for explaining. You sound wonderful today, Dumil. I appreciate you, thank you. I forgot to read the manual, Captain. And by forgot, I purposefully did not do it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I... I I can I can I can probably fix this. Just like if anything needs beating up or talking to, that's not my department. Like I'm I can do it. Not it's not for me. Okay. So the hangar that you're in is cavernous. The walls are you know several stories high, and uh, the ceiling above you is like you know you, you would need uh, more than a ladder to get up there because there are several ships here that you can use to leave. The Rezubian, which is the name of the uh, the uh, bigger ship that you're in, the the um, generation class ship. Uh, there are, th- in fact, three smaller ships here. There they are: an octopus, a squid, and a nautiloid. Uh, three classic spelljammer ships of, of various sizes, which can be used to deploy to like the surface of a planet or to like you know a, a fighter, a dog fight in space. But those are the three that are here in the hangar, you don't have like 500 TIE fighters or something. <laughs> this is a mission of peace. You can defend yourself, but you're not trying to conquer anyone. They're the runabouts on Star Trek? Yeah, basically. So they're... Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm, I actually looked up like how many people are in the Enterprise in Star Trek? And it's like roughly that. Like there are people with their families and, you know, there's probably oh, yeah. like teachers and stuff. It's like a whole ecosystem in here. Uh, that's that's the Rezubian, the big ship. But then there are just these three smaller ships, which have, uh, you know, crew sizes from like from 10 to like 50. So they can get out there. They could fight if necessary. But that's not really your department. That's the away team. <laughs> okay. You are the home team. Um, and so at the end of the hangar, the, like there's a big uh, blast door that opens up and magic keeps, you know, all the air from rushing out and sucking everyone in the ships into space. Uh, and then you can start your spacewalk. Uh, I think we are about to do our first rolls of the season. That's exciting. Uh, what do we need to right. roll? What am I rolling for? That's great. Uh, what do you think is the uh, best thing to like, walk out onto the surface of the ship? Um, is that a de- okay. dexterity thing? or? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, acrobatics is dexterity. So something like you know trying to do a flip to put your boots onto the, the, the hole. Oh, I have plus seven acrobatics. Uh uh, in I, I think the flavor for Trizzy here is going to be excitably leaving the airlock and not just like leaping out into the <laughs> void of space entirely, like remembering <laughs> to slowly step out onto the outside of the ship. I crit, I crit, uh, <laughs> uh rolled it. <laughs> I put on my boots so hard. Yeah. Uh, 14, it's good, it's, it's, it's not a critical fail, I didn't just launch myself into the void. That's all I really needed. 
<laughs> I mean, 14, 22 in crit. The crit is, crit is a 27. I can't imagine a better start. That's literally the first roll of the season is a crit. That's a great omen. Uh, you all do this flawlessly. Why don't you describe to me what this looks like? Uh, and also, like, the ship itself. I have left a lot of space here for you to tell me what the Rezubian looks like. It is not an existing Spelljammer class of ship, so you can kind of walk me through that and how it looks like you, you know, you walking across the surface to go check the satellites that are, you know, suddenly not working and not receiving any broadcasts. Oh, can it look can it look like Vanillish, the ice cream Pokemon that everyone hates? <laughs> <laughs> I like Vanillish. It's a good Vanillish Pokemon. Right? Yeah, but like everyone's like, Swords look like an ice cream cone. It's dumb. Because it's a yokai. In Japanese <laughs> mythology, mundane items get possessed by spirits. That's why there's keys. That's oh, why I agree. Of... Yeah, Generation 1 saying. had a Pokemon that was literally just a seal, and it was called Seal. <laughs> like, mm. All right, yeah. Do you want their Zubian to be conical, is what you're saying? I, I just looked it up because I don't know anything about Pokemon. Uh, I'm okay with this appearance. There you go. <laughs> Got the blessing from Leon. That's all he needs. And he explains why the, the 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 end where the fire's coming out is it's 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 a little small down that end. You you gotta get real scrungly in there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get scrungly. <laughs> um, I I think flavor wise for for heading out of the airlock onto the outside of the ship, um, Trizzy is just like scuttling very quickly to the exit. Stops, takes one very careful step to to be outside and be secured, and then back to scuttling real quick. Can I, because I got a 22, do like a handstand cartwheel outside <laughs> onto the ship? Uh, I am flying uh, perfectly. Uh, it's just a, just a wonderful like leap into the air. Yeah, there's no uh, wind in the vacuum of space. I was thinking, are your wings actually useful? But I guess you could control the pitch and yaw of your body, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh -huh. So you're, yeah. you're going perfectly. Um, so uh, because you crit, I'm going to give you uh, a pretty straight shot to the – there's like some uh, – a cluster of dishes up here. Uh, you can see them, uh, and they appear to be surrounded by some uh, objects. They are like uh, crusty globes uh, all around them. There's like a, a bunch of them, I'd say like uh, three, that are not supposed to be there. <laughs> Um, there. Okay. Yeah. Does Does Bill know how to do this? Is what I'm is what I'm wondering. With a crit, yes. Okay. No, I mean, I, okay. I just, I just thought that was me getting there. But, um, but what, what I, what I'm saying is, Bill understands how space works, like how space technology works. Okay. I would right. love the um, idea that you've been on this ship for years and you're still just like, well, <laughs> yo, what is that um, out there? I, I, Bill, Bill has only had a human level intelligence for I want to say a few years. Okay. Okay. So he understands it's not just nighttime out there. <laughs> No, no, he he gets it. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. <laughs> All right. So you see this the satellite array up ahead, and there are some strange objects. What do you do? Uh, can I do a perception check to try to identify or an investigation to figure out what these strange objects are? Uh, that's gonna be a nature check to get the information. Ooh. You do. You already see them. So okay. okay. Can I join in on this uh, this role? Absolutely. I rolled a 21. I rolled a 20. My nature is plus two, so 
14. Uh, 21 and 20 uh, passed perfectly. I'll give this the highest score. Cecilia, uh, you recognize these objects as jammer leeches, which is to say they are a life form that feeds on the energy of spell jamming ships. And they have uh, kind of nestled into the surface of the Rezubian and are sucking up some of the energy uh, that it produces. And these uh, like crusty globes or something are kind of their hard outer body. And with the 21, you know, inside they have, uh, you know, a soft, squishy center, but also a dangerous part of them that can lash out at you like a, uh, you know, a bivalve opening up. Is, is this a, a somewhat regular occurrence or is this like a rare thing for this to happen to our ship? Uh, this is like getting barnacles on a boat, okay. I would say. F- fairly common and not a huge deal if it's dealt with. All right. Is there any kind of protocol when it comes to how to deal with it? Or are they just like, I don't know, get them off? Yeah, get them off. Okay. Yeah. Um, do these creatures have any kind of like sentience? Or are they just like, there's little, little Nami boys? <laughs> with a 21, I'm just going to tell you they're about as intelligent as an earth barnacle. Okay. Uh, well... I guess the easiest way is just to try to beat them up, I guess. All right. Sounds like you're rolling initiative. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, already a fight. I love this tutorial mission. <laughs> Thank you, Leon. I worked on a hard for you special. <laughs> it's excellent. All right. Uh, my initiative is plus five. I got an eight for initiative. I got a six. All right, uh, Bill Webb is up first. It's very funny that the, uh, the fucking barnacles beat most of the group, and they have a minus five multiplier because they are literally fused to the ground. <laughs> I I would argue they're already on the satellite, and that That's means true. that they go first. They're there already. All right, Bill Webb, you're up first. There are three leeches attached to the array. What do you do? Okay. Um, I guess if we're fighting, uh, Bill uh, takes out his uh, knife and uh and swings it at him so just to just to double check what exact what i i haven't fought someone in seven years what do i what do i roll for that all right i'm pulling up your sheet <clears throat> yeah to attack you roll d20 plus seven and if you hit you roll d8 plus seven. Oh, there's it my attack okay attack bonus got it okie dokie all right i got a 13 that hits Okay, so then I that is my damage right there. So I will roll this dealy. <laughs> it got an eight. All right, not that much. So Bill Webb runs up uh, with a, a big knife in his beak and just starts uh, stabbing at the hard outer shell of the leeches, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't do much damage. You, you roll minimum on that die, yeah. the lowest possible. So you just scratch up the outer shell, and it is now leech's turn. The one you're stabbing uh, has a opening, kind of like uh, the, the whole body of the thing splits open, and a fleshy uh, pseudopod uh, strikes out. It is tipped with a sharp point like a dagger. Cool. Bring it on. All right. Uh, 13. All right. My armor class is 16. All right. That does not hit. So uh, Nailed it. what does that look like? Are you just, is it just your flight suit is, uh, you know, stab proof or do you have some kind of a, a technique? What's going on there? I'm going to say uh, I deflect it with my knife. 
All right, yeah. So this uh, this basically flesh arm comes out of the inside of the pod and tries to stab you with a like a spine, uh, and you just parry it effortlessly. Uh, the rest of the party hasn't made it to the leeches yet, so actually the other uh, pods open up and strike at you from other angles. All three of them are attacking you. You're first through the breach. Uh, 17 and 17. I misunderstood exactly where we were, but that's okay. I've, I've, I've sorted it out in my brain now. All right. Uh, four damage as you take a couple of uh, slashes. All of the leeches are striking at Bill Webb. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so you- all right, so I have – all right, let me turn that – turn my uh, hit points down. <laughs> that's okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Got it. Nailed it. Okay. I'm, I'm in it now. All right. St. Cecilia, your turn. You see Bill Webb knife fighting three uh, jammer leeches. Well, you said that I wasn't there yet, but what you really meant was that I was sneaking up there undetected, and I'm going to get behind that that first barnacle that uh, Bill Webb already attacked, and I, I'm going to have an ally adjacent to it as a rogue, so that means I'm going to get advantage, means I get to roll twice and use the higher number when I attack. So I rolled a 16 for the first one. 16 hits. Hot dog, which means I get to roll my regular damage plus what a rogue gets, a sneak attack damage. So a little extra, a little extra nugs this guy's going to take. So they're going to take 1d8 plus 2d6 plus 3. Oops, I forgot to hit the roll in front of it. My bad. 11 damage. All right. That's the first kill of the season. Why don't you paint me a picture how this looks? I like to think that, like, uh, Bill is just unfairly being, like, uh, surrounded by these things. And then, like, there's just a small sound as, like, I pry. Like, I put, like, my little, uh, I think I have short swords uh, that I'm going to, like, stick in to where they're latching onto the ship and just pry one off. And it just goes floating into space. All right. Uh, so that one is just lost into the vacuum. Um, do you have any like specifically technological weapons? Uh, is it like, uh, you know, anything uh, fancy or are they just normal s- short swords? Uh, rapier, sorry, is what I have because I forgot I modeled her off of uh, Lady Maria from uh, Bloodborne. Uh, I like to think that it looks like a normal uh, sword, but probably has like a, a sci-fi kind of glow to it. You know, like maybe like a red glow or something like that. And you're like, oh, it's probably like a laser sword, but it looks like a real sword or something like that. I mean, if you're trying to do Lady Maria of the Astral Clock Tower, I mean, it's just blood is splashing out <laughs> with every stroke. <laughs> I didn't say there wasn't blood, Austin. You can paint this picture too with me. I pied off, blood goes everywhere as it floats to its death in space. It's simply the coolest character in the history of video games. Only appears in a DLC. <laughs> Laura. Uh, Trizzy is going to uh, power up her armor and use lightning launcher. Uh, so going to take take aim at one of those uh, one of those light those uh, jammer leeches. Uh, 22. That definitely hits. Uh, so that's 6 damage, plus once per turn, if I hit uh, successfully with the lightning launcher, I can do an extra 1d6 damage to that target. That's another 2 damage, 8 total. 
All right, so you're wearing this uh, huge bulky armor that normally a goblin couldn't wield, but you have some kind of technological affinity, which makes it light, you know, just like feather light for you. And it has uh, just like repulsor blasters on it. Is that what we're doing? Basically, yeah. Like uh, the, the flavor that I have in my head is that no one has thought to put hydraulics inside of heavy armor before. And like suddenly Trizzy's just running around like, yeah, this is surprisingly easy to do. Um, and has... Yeah, just some sort of uh, hand blasters going on that she's using to fire a couple of quick zaps out of one of her hands. All right, uh, we're back to Bill Webb. You see uh, Trizzy zap one of the leeches. Okay, but but uh, two of the leeches are still are are still alive. Correct. Okay, well, can I use my uh, uh, horde breaker power to hit both of them? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, then in that case, I will do that. Do I? Okay. I'll I'll roll that. Okay. That's my plus seven. Uh, thing. <laughs> oh shit! I, I, fucking, I critical hit in it. Luck of the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's my second crit crit of the of the game. I crit hit this thing, so I guess. Oh, does so it's like double of whatever it is, right? Uh huh. You fuck with the okay. duck. It's dick. You massage. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, no, don't I, do that, uh, Austin. They're cool screw shaped. <laughs> oh my god, Duck is a check. maniac. Okay, so that's my damage. It's twelve, so it's really twenty-four. Yeah, you fucking merc. One of them. Holy shit. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, cool. I can just press up and then I go right back to the thing. Uh, and roll twenty. Okay, so I, I hit I hit the other one and I also hit twenty. Holy shit. Okay, so this is my uh, damage, 13. All right, so, yeah, let me think here. So if you put the crit damage on the uninjured one and the 13 on the one Trizzy zapped, you'd kill both. Oh, okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's assume that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> okay, why don't you paint me the picture of you fucking Jason oh, Voorheesing these things. It's more like a tornado. It's just it just starts uh Bill just starts spinning around wildly, uh feathers uh flapping everywhere and just like just knocking into these guys real hard and one of them harder than the other. Uh and then they are goo, I guess. All right, you turn them into pulp and goo and the battle is won. Cool. Sweet campaign, Austin. Thank you. <laughs> and the ship goes on its diplomatic mission, saves all of Illithid culture, and oh, the world dude. is all better. You win. It's fucking awesome. Oh yay! I knew we were good at D and D. Yeah, we we speed run glitched through it, so that's pretty good. We were actually this was supposed to be a scripted loss encounter. We were never supposed to beat the barnacles. <laughs> yeah. Nah, cheat cheat code for anyone playing D and D. If you can get your DM to say the words and you win the campaign, you've won. It doesn't matter what else <laughs> was going on. You, you get the words out of them. You did it. Uh, I would like to report back to Tamil. Be like, it was just some of those little like barnacle slugs, and they're gone now. They're in space, and some of them are ghoul. Yes, I'm seeing energy output efficiency has risen from 97 <laughs> to 98.6. Good job. Uh, Trizzy is over at the uh, satellites just making sure no damage was done that needs to be repaired. Absolutely. In fact, can I get an investigation check from you? Yeah, that's... 16. 
That's very good. I was looking for 15. So an interesting thing is you look over the satellites and uh, it doesn't appear they are damaged in any way, which is weird because something was wrong with them, uh, but they don't appear to have been interfered with. It seems like the leeches were draining power from the ship, but you know, just a tiny, tiny bit for the, the ship's size compared to their body. Uh, and they didn't damage these satellites, but the ship still isn't getting any broadcasts. That's very strange. Okay, so them being gone hasn't fixed the problem, even if there is no visible external damage. Correct. Okay. Is this a thing where, like... Uh... Do Jamma leeches regularly build up on the outside of the ship? Like, is th is this a thing where we would expect, th like, those two events to be connected? Or have we jumped the gun here a little bit and there could be some other cause? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, Jammer leeches are pretty common and they can cause, you know, damage if left unattended. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's what happened here. Some, something else is wrong with the satellite. With the, with the 16, I'm telling you that you know that the, they did not damage it and it doesn't appear damaged. So something else is going on. The, the mystery has deepened. Can we do a perception check to see if we see anything else in this area that seems off? Sure. All right. I have plus two. To I rolled a 20. Jesus. I <laughs> <laughs> it's a 20 plus. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this duck I is must... on a fucking mission. <laughs> For those he of you who in D, uh, this is definitely representative of the roles you'll see. Uh, yeah, like multiple times in a row, characters getting critical successes, perfect wins. I got an 18, and Quinn got a 20, but that's that's fucking throw those out the window. Garbage this, number. Yeah. This duck what? was like, slugs are dead. What's up? Not done mission? All right, yeah. what's fine now? <laughs> what, 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 what does Bill perceive? Um, all right, so the, the result of this incredible roll is you look around on the surface of the hole. You do not see anything else. Uh, what the, uh, the satellite array is actually in perfect working order, uh, which means you are not getting broadcasts for some other reason. Mm. Uh, the problem must be something else, and then I will leave the floor open for you all to discuss this in character. Because the first episode is really about you all establishing a rapport more than anything else. Let's go back inside and check the other things. You're you're our you're our engineer. Maybe there's something uh, you can do with a wrench. I mean, probably there is probably something I can do. There's always something I can do with a wrench. But I am gonna very quickly before we do, um, uh, Cap Captain Demille. Yes. Um, quick question: Are there any other faults in any other systems right now? I'm not detecting any other abnormalities, Engineer Trizzy. Okay, okay, so this isn't, mm, okay, it's not like cascading from something else. Um, mm, and are all, are all crew accounted for? Oh, fuck, that's a good question, Laura. You strike to the heart of me. How have you done this? Is <laughs> <laughs> the power of taking vague notes. Uh, my attention is focused. I'm on it. We're all fueled by the multiple crits. Yeah, that's. I mean, I wasn't expecting you to ask, but um, <laughs> this is this is a Dan special. If you listen to the last season, where Dan just blurts out the twist <laughs> halfway through. Um, yeah, so uh, Captain Jamil does a quick head count. Uh, just you know, things are beeping throughout the ship. Uh, the systems are like whirring, and, and then the census comes back and says, "Engineer Trizzy, we are detecting one missing crew member." 
Who is missing? This seems important. It appears that Render, the illithid, is uh, not accounted for. Well, oh, shit. Uh, uh, crew? I guess I'm, I know something I can go fix with a wrench now. I got my knife. Are we going to fix the missing person with a wrench? Yes. I find that a lot of people who have caused problems can be solved with a wrench. <laughs> Captain, I crit three times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Very good, security officer Webb. I will put that note in your file. Okay then. Alright, um... Okay, uh, Bill kind of like motions towards his knife and is like, I'll come too. Yes, I would like to see how this ends. This has kind of become my entertainment for the evening, I feel like. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, let's, uh, let's go. And, uh, well, I, I guess we should go at the same speed and arrive at the same time instead <laughs> of me using city secrets to get there first, uh, because this might be a fight. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, uh, Trizzy's going to be sprinting as fast as possible anyway, because there's 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 work to be done. So, like, okay. it, it could just be the two of us run off okay. quickly through the the holes and just leave uh, leave our not not so tiny friend behind. Okay. That, se that seems like a bad idea, but all it right, does. I mean... Come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up, and by move right. faster, get through smaller right. holes. Okay. It's funny because uh, Saint Cecilia would definitely be kind of like not leisurely, like if you're keeping a pace, she's trying to keep up with it. But she is also going to be like, I was really impressed by like little tornado butchery death move you did. That was very impressive. Like nice flourish to that. I like that. Where did you come up with that? Uh oh. Um, I I learned it back when I was a regular duck. Uh. Uh. To to ward off predators because that's just a thing that happens when you're a duck. Did you always have the knife when you did that, or is that like new elementary? No, no, no I, uh, regular ducks don't know how to use tools. We're all uh, blissfully ignorant, which is what I would like to be again one day. Oh, I can I can understand that. That does seem like kind of like luxurious lifestyle when you get down to it. Oh yeah, yes. the the off The offer still remains to just like hit you really hard in the head with the wrench and see whether that does it and gets you back I... there. I, I feel like the risk is too great. I I'm, I'm okay, gonna stick okay, with well, my, look, my... If, if we find <laughs> if we find a scientist that knows like very specifically where to hit someone on the head to to put them back to blissful ignorance, I'll let you know. You'll be first to hear. Thank you. Right now, my plan is definitely to find find a bon ba 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 bi biblioboo. tight. I, I have to point out, I feel like that name would sound great coming out of a duck. Like, I feel like a duck would have a very fun time trying to say that. Absolutely. Uh, Austin, so this person's missing. Uh, did we have, are we kind of trying to guess on where we might find a lead? Yeah, like, if if we know, like, the name uh, of this person, do we know where their station is, You would, one would assume? That's a great question. So two things. Uh, one is uh, navigating the ship. You know where everything is, basically, but we, there are knowledge roles to, to do better, and we will do that in a moment. The other is, I wasn't expecting you to get this far already. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah, you really crushed it. Um, <laughs> can I get uh, history roles to know uh, where this person should be? 
Yeah. History. Okay, I have nothing for history, so it's just like a regular D20 for me. Uh, 16. Six. Oh, I had a bad roll uh, now. 16 as well. Once again, I've rolled exactly the same number as Quinn. We're on that same wavelength. When, like, yeah. when, when Bill's like, look, I'm not critting this. I can't put my whole crit into this one as well. We're like, <laughs> hey, let us pick up. Let us be the wings beneath your wings. Did you say wings beneath my wings? <laughs> Don't ever correct me, Austin, ever again. <laughs> Bill yeah. Webb has a dragonfly situation going. Just a bunch yeah. of sets of wings. Yeah. Um, 16 mm -hmm. and 16 passes. You know that this missing person, Render, uh, works in the PR department of the Resubian, which is to say, you know, making material and stuff to pass out in uh, illithid cultures to say, like, hey, we have an alternative for you. You don't have to eat brains anymore. Uh, there is kind of, you know, a conflict within illithid society. In fact, this is a great point to mention that the terms illithid and mind flare, which are used relatively interchangeably in normal D&D, have taken on a kind of charged context in this universe, which is to say uh, people say mind flare with disdain. That's like what the, you're, you're flaying minds. You're like, you're a monster. This is like you, you are signaling that you think that these people are, you know, monsters and disgusting. Uh, where illithid, the more like proper clinical term, is kind of signaling that you think they are people, like elves and dwarves and orcs. You know, they're all just people. Uh, but then the same thing has kind of caused a backlash in illithid culture, where people who don't like non mind flayers were like, "Oh no, I'm not an illithid. I'm a mind flayer." <laughs> Like, fuck you, I'm going to eat your brains. Uh, they have this kind of a cultural backlash where those two terms have become kind of charged. Uh, so that's that's something that, like the PR department on the Resubian would deal with. Would we have any kind of idea? Like, I assume we've had some interaction before with Render. Do we have, could I get like any kind of general idea as to like what their temperament's kind of like? Yeah, like what's his deal? Yeah, with 16s, I will tell you that Render has a pretty traditional story, which is that they want uh, to uh, be friends with non-illithids. They, you know, they are open to the possibilities of interspecies cooperation, but they come from a, you know, conservative colony where people are like, no, we eat brains. That's what we do. That's our identity. It's delicious and it's cool. <laughs> and taking, you know, brain alternatives is for you know, cowards and pussies. <laughs> like okay. they're they're just not into it. So that they left their home to join the Zubian because they want a further cooperation. It's it's like it's like going home at Christmas and explaining to your family that you're vegan now and having just the the big circle of what do you expect us to do about that at Christmas dinner? Yeah, I didn't want to make it one to one with vegetarianism, but obviously there are some applicabilities there yeah. where it's like, yeah, it's not enough that uh, you want to make those choices for your life. It, it, other people see it as like an infringement and an attack on them. Yeah. So with that knowledge, uh, I can't speak for everyone else, but I would be going into this under the assumption of like, I'm not expecting necessarily something nefarious to be going on or something like that. Like this could just be a missing person right now. Yeah, my, my, as, as much as like before this conversation, I was joking about going hitting, hitting Renter with a wrench. I think that Trizzy's <laughs> probably going into this with... Render has been kidnapped or something on the ship, rather than Render is off doing something nefarious. Austin, can we call the organization just like Smarfleet? Because I'm gonna call it Starfleet like a hundred times. And if it's <laughs> yeah, I just similar... realized we're like 
We're like an hour into this, and we forgot to actually officially name whatever company we're part of. Look, this this would not be the first Dice Funk season where we've just changed like one letter of a thing, and that's what it's called now. Like, I think it was yeah. last season or the season before we had Schmorida yeah. for for Fantasy Florida. The season is called Resubian because the ship you're on is the the setting. Uh, what what organization deployed the ship is less important. We can give it a name. Uh, before we started the thing, I said it could be just like you know the uh, the ambassadorial arm of a government or a corporation or anything else. And oh. we throw out some names. But can it, can it be the solitaire? And then I can get like a portion of the twenty one dollars you're promised in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really inside baseball for long long term <laughs> fans. But uh, I don't know that uh, it's going to come up all that much so i was just thinking that yeah if like uh in the last space season we had a company that built spaceships and they were called dagger milk so this could be like the dm resubian and that's all that ever comes of it that's what i would do if i was writing this as a novel but okay sounds good to me i'm still probably gonna call them starfleet a couple times though that's fine at the very least call them space fleet yeah (laughs) i i liked my idea the velvet foxes you did throw that out there before recording in a move some have called jarring. <laughs> uh, is that is that a, like a, a charity? Is that what is that? Is no, that government? I, I just I, I just I just like the name, like the idea that they created some sort of like uh, spacefaring event, uh, adventure squad, and then someone said, "What should we call ourselves?" And someone said, "The Velvet Foxes," and nobody I disagreed. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm happy for, for us to be the Velvet Foxes. I have no problem with this. Okay, uh, I you know, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't have any problem with the name necessarily. It makes me think of Fleet Foxes. This is the cool sequel to that band. Um, but it's just is the question is for me: What is it? Is it a military organization? Are you? A, oh, a, I I assume that since we're on a diplomatic mission, this is like the diplomatic core. But I but like I don't I don't know. I uh, it make that makes sense to me. I don't know. I the the way I'd sort of imagined this, and like, feel free to step in if this doesn't sound good. But like, mm-hmm. I was sort of picturing that if we're a group of people from various planets and backgrounds trying to do diplomacy for something as important as trying to broker peace with the Illithids, I pictured us being like a diplomatic arm of some sort of. I guess like a galactic council of some kind, some sort of body that is like there are people, there are representatives from lots of different planets that have come together to basically be like, hey, if there's something important that like we all should probably be trying to help with, we've got people that are one sort of group, and that we we've, we've been sent by that sort of like the the collection of planets. The reason I have the captain as a illithid is because, yeah, it's important for them to be part, like, the head of the coalition. So it doesn't seem like you're just here imposing your soul system uh, values on people who don't want it. You know, I would imagine, if anything, this is an illithid-headed organization. I, I, yeah, I, I like that. So this is, like, the illithids have reached out and gone, hey, we want a bunch of people from various planets to come help us make this happen. And that we've signed up for a group like that 
And so, uh, yeah, this is how this happened is that, yeah, a, a group of elder brains from the far realm got together, created a council for peace, and then sent out a message to the soul system where Earth is and said, like, hey, can you send some ambassadors on a goodwill mission? And they're like, sure, what should we call it? And they're like, I don't know, just whatever the coolest name is in your language. You know, it doesn't translate. We don't know what sounds good to you. To you. And the Earth people were like, the Velvet Foxes. <laughs> and, and Perfect. They, Okay. It's like, yeah, that sounds tight to us. (laughs) It's like you see in an anime where someone's wearing a jacket that says something in English, and you're like, that doesn't grammatically correct. Yeah. Yeah. It says something like, eat death. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly the the energy of this. So you have this big uh, vanilla shaped ship, and on the side it says (laughs) Resubian, and then under that it's like uh, Velvet Foxes in Deep Speech, which is just like a really arcane, you know, fucked up looking scripts like something out of lovecraft and you you're like oh yeah that looks awesome and cool but it just looks like it's gibberish if you can read it <laughs> I'm, i i think that sounds fine by me okay so i apologize for bringing it up uh i forget where we were at no it's okay I, we we were we were wondering whether or not the person was kidnapped or uh they are the bad guy that's a great question so you all like spacewalk back into the hangar and are going to go make your way to the pr office you know there are just a couple of people in there making flyers and literature to distribute throughout the far realm and you know on your way there this is what time for more uh, in character conversation during the transit so how's everyone's day been going you know did anyone do anything fun uh well I, I I checked the uh, I checked I checked the uh, repairs that need doing box and oh my goodness oh my goodness you are not going to believe this uh, Emma put another repair note in there saying that oh my room my room's too cold the the condi- air conditioning's probably broken I've gone and checked like eight times the temperature is the exact same as it was yesterday I don't know what you think is happening but it is not any problem of mine that's how my day's going how about yours. Emma can kind of be problem. Like, I think she means well, but, ugh, you know, she does sometimes put out a little bit. She needs attention, and, you know, sometimes it's just how she gets it. So maybe in her way, she's just trying to connect with you. Have you thought about it? I mean, I've thought about it. You know what would be a better way of connecting with me is coming and saying hello, rather than coming and being like, hey, come and look at my room again. It's definitely cold. Why won't you believe me that it's cold? Because I brought a thermometer. That's why I won't believe you. She cold. keeps inviting you to her room. Maybe there's something more to it. <laughs> I mean that. Mm. See, if, if if she was trying to invite me up there for those reasons, I would assume she would tell me her room was too hot, and then I'd go up there, and she wouldn't be wearing as many clothes, and ma- like that would make sense. She's telling me it's cold, and she's very wrapped up. It is confusing signals. Emma's confusing person. Now I had to write down Emma parentheses giant space worm, so I get to decide what she is. <laughs> Thank you for telling me what she is, so I can make a note of it. <laughs> Laura and I are going to be doing this all season, just sabotaging each other. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, well my guy's named Jeff, and he's a he's made out of swords. Shut up. <laughs> Writing it down. <laughs> and were you blessed with an undisturbed day today, Mister Webb? Uh, I mean, oh, sorry, up L- until Lieutenant up in- Webb. <laughs> yeah, up up until this point, it was mostly me sitting uh, at the desk. Uh, it 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 says, "Do you have a problem?" And for some reason, people uh, find that strange, so they just kind of side eye me and walk by, which works for me. 
Okay, I wanted to make clear, you really don't want people to bother you, right? That That is my hope. Uh, <laughs> humans and, and human-like creatures, uh, even at this point, still seem very strange to me. Oh, they are very, very strange. I've met quite a lot of them. So do you not identify as a human? Were you a human before you were turned into a vampire? This is a great question. This is a universe in which an elf can become a vampire. Vampire doesn't necessarily mean human. I like to think that vampire in this universe has such a connotation because she was born a vampire. Uh, so in her mind, what previous race she was is irrelevant. And it's just like, no, like it's a vampire. You know, I was born with the cuspids right out the gate, the fangs. So like, that's just how like you think about it. All right, so you just think of yourself as a vampire, are you? But you're physically otherwise human, like you don't have like yeah, I cool so. ears or anything. I mean, I have pretty cool ears. It's just they're not like a different race ears, you know. They're very nice, around. <laughs> like talking shit about my ears. What's going yeah, on? Very, very kissable. <laughs> what do you have a problem with my ears, Austin? Now I'm self conscious. <laughs> I also like during this walk back through the hangar, uh, Bill Webb covered in leech goo, just a knife <laughs> dr- dripping of uh, viscera. <laughs> Uh huh. Well, they 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 shouldn't have gotten in my uh in my whirlwind. Yeah, Emma, the giant space worm, is the janitor. She's following behind you, sweeping up after you. Big mop. Oh, okay. Can <laughs> I hold on? Can I do an insight check on Emma? Do I notice Emma's maybe like giving any kind of eyes towards? <laughs> Every space season has the insight role for interspecies love, so let's just get it out of the way. Okay. <laughs> I roll a 13. Uh, 13's not good enough to detect that. Her, her face is hard to read on account of all of the feathers. <laughs> <laughs> She's a worm with feathers. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um... Uh, bef- as as we're moving through through the corridor, uh, Trizzy is going to um, head over to Emma and just very briefly uh, hand over a thermometer and go. I I you are welcome to put a repair request in the box, but please check the thermometer first. Like check the number, and don't don't put a repair request in there telling me the thermometer is broken. If the thermometer says the number's flat, we're good. We're good. Uh, Emma takes the thermometer with a, a tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a feathered worm with tentacles? All right. I love this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Try me again. Oh, I'll add another detail. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Don't worry, Austin. I'm going to add Oh, I'm gonna add some details. Mm, oh, it's going to happen. This is our class project. We're playing Exquisite Corpse with Emma every time one of us adds something new. Oh. Uh, I, I was playing, what was it, um, Clank Legacy recently, uh, a board game that has a card on it oh. uh, that is blank, the helpful NPC, and every time someone buys that card uh, and adds it to their deck during a game, you get to add a detail to the NPC. Um, this this is that vibe, and I love it very much. I ruined a friendship with that game because <laughs> I stole the last boat <laughs> that yeah. I didn't need right at the end and killed someone so he didn't get any points and it was just the the pure most dickish move i could have done i already had a boat i just grabbed a second one to essentially burn it to the ground i think i'm a bad person austin (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Any, anything it's fine. else? In in this setting, you can blame anything bad you do on your character. It's fine. Aww, perfect. Uh, I would like to note that uh, CC is kind of mentally making a note, like chat up Emma next time we're at the bar because I think there's something there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can. Can you see something in her sixteen eyes that tells you that she's into you? <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like I think she's got. I think she has feelings for for them, but you know, I just I don't know yet. Can I roll insight to find out whether or not Emma is mad about all the viscera I have created? <laughs> Emma loves cleaning. She has a, a, a lightsaber mop. It's very cool to use. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Does sound awesome. Yeah, it's it. sick. <laughs> I'm getting ready to have just an entire page of my notebook that's just Emma. <laughs> the Emma project. <laughs> like to politely knock on the door? Or or is this like Star Trek where the door's just like shoosh open and there's secretly two people on either side of it opening it? Oh, that's a great question. Do we want shoosh or do we want regular? I would really like a shoosh, but I, but maybe you know, I, I don't know if this is the, uh, a shoosh door that is locked, like like private quarters or not. I bet they have settings. You could set the door to shoosh. I like shoosh, but I want to verbally say like knock knock. <laughs> okay, so when we walk up to the when we walk up to the door, does it shoosh or or do we have to like uh, ask for ask them to let me in? Uh, I think when uh, Cecilia says knock knock, it opens. It is said to open. <laughs> it's just said to shush oh. at that point. Um, Got it. Yeah, and the door opens to reveal a small office. Uh, there are a bunch of printers and copiers in here, uh, where you know flyers are being made. Uh, you only see one person working. It's not like a huge department. So there, there's one human woman in here. Um, she is uh, kind of in her uh, late twenties, maybe. Uh, she's wearing a lot of like. Uh, illithid merch. She has like a shirt with a like uh, chibi mind flare tadpole on it. She's wearing like you know uh, she has like purple hair done up to look like tentacles or something. She looks like someone who's like really excited to be working on this. Hello, how uh, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Just another day at the office. You know, I got a whole new campaign here. Do you think I should have? Velvet Fox's initiative so big? No one knows what that means. Can I just put it in the corner? I think the fact that it's so mysterious is what makes it so intriguing. But unfortunately, I do have to ask, do you, are you all alone all today in the office? Uh, she looks around <laughs> as if to, to say, like, what do you mean? And then she says, uh, yeah, it's not. It's just me here. I think um, Render must be sick or something. Oh, yeah. So they did. they did not come in today? Nope. It's fine. I didn't really have all that much here. I'm just re I'm just resizing these, and she shows you like a leaflet series, which has just uh, different pictures of the uh, the artificially created bodies that you can you can get from the Resuvian. Uh, oh, thank you. May I roll an insight to just make sure she's not lying that Render hasn't been here today? Yep. Uh, I rolled a four, which would give me a seven. However, I do have a feature. With my uh, rogue archetype, where if I ever make an insight check to determine if a creature is lying, I treat a roll of seven or lower as an eight. So I have an 11, actually. All right, 11's good. Uh, yep, you think she's telling the truth. Um, you know, she just, just seems like she's working. Um, so Render didn't come in today. It's She seems focused on her work, which she seems to genuinely love. Yeah. Um, Bill, I'm sorry, oh. go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. 
All right. I was just going to say, Bill says, uh, where is Render's workstation? Uh, she points you to a desk that is covered in like pins. It has like a little, you know, little metal pins that you can wear on your bag or your jacket or whatever, which have okay. di- different kawaii illithid faces. Okay. Can I roll an investigation on this, this workstation? Absolutely. All right. I'm going to investigate the crap out of it. 12. Well. <laughs> yeah, just slightly above average. I will say that you see, um, you know, just uh, pens and paper and pencils and rulers, just uh, arts and crafts stuff for what they're making here. There's not anything particularly suspicious. Um, if anything, you know, you can find where um, renders uh, sleeping quarters are. Let's just say like there's like, you know, some kind of key card or something uh, to with the number on it. So you can find where that is. Um, I take I take the key card. I'm taking it. Right <laughs> All right. <now. laughs> yeah. So that that's that's what you got here. You can go look at, in that place if you would like. But um, this person here, I didn't, I didn't give her a name. That's this is Dot, Dot the human. Um, she has pink and purple nails. They're supposed to evoke illithid. Your nails are gorgeous, by the way. I appreciate that. Thank need, you. I want you to do mine sometime. Absolutely. Can I? Well, what else you got going on here? You, you, it looks like you uh, could use a whole fresh do. Do you want um? You know, something a little squidier? I can't, no, I, I don't think I can go with squidier. I need really to kind of embrace, like, kind of, like, gothic darkness vibe at all times. It's not really where my core is, but, like, it's kind of like an ambiance parted parcel, you know, kind of deal. So, like, um, maybe, like, ribbons, but, like, ribbons that look like blood. Oh, blood ribbons is great. I mean, I think Gothic is really in in the Far Realms right now. There's a whole uh, spiked pauldron craze that's going on. So if you get anything sharp <gasps> on your shoulders, they love that. So like any kind of like spike on pauldron doesn't need to be like like stud or like you could actually kill somebody. I think the bigger, the better, you know, but if you're mm. not ready to commit to that, because they're heavy, right? A metal spike's heavy. So you don't have to go fully. You got to, you know, you could start small maybe and work your way up. I just want to say for flavor, this conversation's been going on long enough that Trizzy is like, has gone into the wall, climbed up a little bit, and is like looking at the conversation from like a panel out of the wall up on the side now. It's <laughs> okay. just like, just, just, like, this is a little too long in a brightly lit, quiet room. I'm just gonna, like, I'm, I'm here, I'm having the conversation, I'm just in the wall a little bit. And, and to make it clear, uh, CC is intentionally kind of engaged in this conversation to make sure, uh, everyone else has like a chance to like, do their work if need be so like nobody should hopefully have seen bill webb over at the station or anything like that yeah she definitely doesn't seem like trained in counterintelligence or anything i, <laughs> I think you all have pretty good command of this scene she seems to be yeah yeah pr- a pretty earnest person on in my notes i uh, under dot i wrote uh the iliad weeaboo mm-hmm. absolutely that's a hundred percent i'm glad you, i came across <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I, I just had a thought. Can uh, can I don't know all the details of, of what the ship can do. Can we scan? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put this. Can we scan an area for life forms? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think survival check is the closest to that because we do want to still be uh, something you have to try and can possibly fail at. But that would be like reading the system or something. Okay, what I what I what I I'm trying to do is uh, I have the key card, so I know where uh, this person lives or whatever. Uh, so I would like to scan that area to see if they are home. 
Absolutely. Uh, roll me survival, Bill Webb. I tried to get there, and then the Windows thing happened. Okay. Crit. <laughs> Fuck me running. <laughs> <laughs> never, never had four. That, that, was, that, was, that was a point in this where I was like, I'm just going to check that like this is rolling D20 plus it, it, whatever number, and not rolling 20 plus that number. You've had I did that four. Once. Uh-huh. Four in a day. <laughs> I did. You, I, it's fine. It's fine. Leon's using all of our crits up for the season now, so that we yeah. can have lots of drama and tension oh. later. Yeah. I love this. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is so good. I want to say that I think we might need to end the, our pilot episode on something here to give me time to think because you were crushing this so bad that you were skipping like two episodes ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mmm.